It is the duty of the free man to resist tyranny at every turn. Every man will either watch his freedom stripped away or take action to protect what he loves. Introducing the A3, the newest revolutionary body armor from Armored Republic. The A3 is the new standard for lightweight multi-hit body armor. A3 plates are incredibly light at 4.6 pounds. The patented design captures fragmentation while remaining multi-hit capable. The A3 will stop up to M80 ball, yet comes in at only 0.7 inches thick. The A3 is the thinnest NIJ.06 compliant or certified composite standalone plate that includes the drop test. The A3 is the first of its kind, patent pending, that combines an alloy strike face with polyethylene backing, revolutionizing body armor technology by providing strength and durability while remaining sleek and maneuverable. The A3 is the new standard in lightweight body armor. The fight against tyranny just got stronger. Hey y'all, it's Monday. Pastor Toby is not here. You know what that means. Chalk knocks. We're gonna be in some trouble today. On the Fight Lab Feast Network, it's we good to be with you guys. We always get in trouble whenever Pastor Toby's not here. I know, here. I know. He always kind of like this, this guards is the... probably going to yeah, go viral, yeah. and there's going to be some controversy and from the he's show. he's going to have to come back. And, and it is, yep. Join the controversy. <laughs> this year, our Fight Lab Feast Conference is at the Ark Encounter in Kentucky on the politics of six-day creation. The politics of six-day creation is the difference between a fixed standard of justice and a creating standard of justice. The difference between the corrosive relativism that creates mobs and anarchy and the freedom of objectivity, truth, and due process. The politics of six-day creation establishes the authority and sufficiency of God's word for all of life. For what, you know, what is a woman? What is a man? What does, when does human life begin? How is human society's best organized? What and am I here more, for? What Earth? are we here for? You know, all that good stuff. Uh, and we actually had a glitch. We were actually, um, uh, May 1st was the deadline for early registration, and we actually had some computer problems over the weekend, so we just we just kicked off the early uh, registration out to June first. Now, yeah, I think we fixed all the technology. A bunch of people tried to register because you were all late, and then you made our computer system shut down. It's probably your fault at some level. So, um, all those who tried to register, you should still be able to register. And actually, early registration is going to be um, due at June first. So get registered. So you still get them cheap prices to get in there. That's right. So you sign right. up, become a Fight Left Feast Club member. Yep. You go ahead and become uh, get to the conference, and then you get the cheap prices on two ends, yep. right? That's early right. bird and the hundred dollars off. You're wasting money if you don't become a club member. I mean, that's that's the pitch every time. <laughs> you just, you're and just, there's some good things that are coming down. The it's pike like you as get well. a Costco, you know, coupon, and if you don't use it, you're, you're losing money. You're losing oh, money. one more yeah. thing. We yep. got to talk about Knocks the unplugged. yeah. So out in Nashville will yep. be a, uh, an event called uh, the oh the world in, the metaphor the world ends when the metaphor dies. It's going to mm-hmm. be with Jason Farley, uh, David Fowler, and of course George Grant. Yep. It'll be and, at his church and on, you. on it's May a Knox unplugged event. It's, it's, it's actually a live, Knox unplugged event. It's a yeah. live Knox unplugged event. It yeah. will be there uh, with George Grant again at mm-hmm. his church mm-hmm. May thirteenth. Go to fightlabfeast.com yeah. to sign up. Click on the events tab on the hamburger. And yes. you'll be able to sign up right from there. You'll see Knox Unplugged event right there. And just there. a quick pitch. This whole comp, one of the things, everything that's going on right now in America is based off of our cosmology. Not one thing it, that we're dealing with is not based off our cosmology. And our cosmology has been so influenced by secularism that when we fight the things of the left, we're fighting them with the power of their worldview. 
instead of our worldview. And the way that we need to fight right now is with a biblical cosmology, the way that God has really made the world to work. And if you don't understand that, then you need to be out to the event in Nashville, May yeah. 13th, so you can have a new cosmology. There's only room for 50 people. Yeah. It's going to be very small, very intimate. It's going to be very interactive. So come on out and join us out there. What's the date? May 13th. May 13th. Yep, there in you Nashville. Go. Sign up, fightlaughfeast.com. Hey, it's great to have uh, Greg Phillips on the show with us today. If you don't know who Greg Phillips is, he's like a secret sauce ninja or something. He grew up in the intelligence space. That's already interesting to me and has been involved in uh, uh, election integrity, integrity in 32 races, 22 countries, and hundreds of races here in the United States. Uh, he partnered with True to Vote back, I believe, in 2019. He's the executive producer of 2,000 Mules and the host oh. of Patriot Games. Oh, you know what this means? This means that you can't finish this show. That's right. Uh, on, on YouTube. YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Neil, cut it. All right, you're going to have to download the Fight, Laugh, Feast app. Come and listen to yeah. the rest of the conversation there. Or go Because to I'm can... sure when you said Greg Phillips, mm -hmm. it pretty much just flagged our whole account the right there. Right and then there, when you bam. said, you know, yep. 2,000 mules, they yep. just cut off the feed. So yep. <laughs> go to the Fight, Laugh, Feast app. Go download the app. Listen to the rest of the show there. So, um, or inside of our podcast, subscribe to the podcast yeah. to get it there because that's probably the only place the show is going to be able to. And be then you can also to. go on Rumble, Rumble. if you have that app. Yeah, Rumble. Yeah. Catch you can the find rest this. of the show. So from here on out, we're not on YouTube anymore. Yeah. Click. So, Greg, uh, welcome to the show, man. Thank you for joining us all the way from Alabama. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Uh, so, um, I, I wanted to get into some of your info on the whole election stuff, two thousand meals and all that stuff. But first, I wanted to you to kind of lay out the the assault that has been going on you. Um, uh, you've been arrested uh, this last year, um, or was it two years ago? Or something like that. Uh, you've lost leases to your buildings. Like It seems like there's this been this assault on you ever since 2000 Mules and other stuff. You've been involved with election integrity and so forth. Like if, if election integrity was not real, it doesn't seem like people would be assaulting you and the government going after you and stuff like that. But they're threatened somehow. <laughs> Talk about everything that's been going on with the basically the government persecuting you and what you've been doing. It's been uh, since, gosh, December of 2020, uh, we got involved in the runoff in Georgia two days after we helped challenge 364,000 voters that were not eligible to vote. By the way, 47,000 of those actually voted in that runoff. Um, uh, Stacey Abrams, Mark Elias sued us uh, the first time, and I think I think we announced it on December the 15th. They sued us on December the 17th. We're still in court on that one. We're in court on another one in Georgia. I think we've got five or six lawsuits against us now. It's all about lawfare and trying to kill us. A month or so later, um, we began the analysis that became 2000 Mules. That was in January of 2021. We also um, came in contact with some information that uh, that a a, a Basically, a group of Chinese actors, one of them a naturalized U.S. citizen, uh, was not just transporting data from our elections to China, but the data was actually living in, and operating in China, so on their servers in China. Um, in fact, there's some news on this today. It was on the Unicom backbone, which it, to the Chinese Unicom backbone is one of the main internet backbones in China. It's been banned for use in the United States. No one can use it. Uh, but it was in the news today because, lo and behold, Hunter Biden, guess, guess uh, he held shares, and guess what? The China Unicom. Wow. It's just insane. You can't make this stuff up. All of that blew up in um, 
uh, at an event that we had in in uh, August of uh, 2022 called The Pit, where we introduced uh, 180 or so uh, citizen researchers to the concepts that uh, we had uncovered. Um, and even more important than that, we let everybody know that the FBI had the counterintelligence bureau or division at the FBI had been working with us since January or so, maybe first part of February of 2021 for 15 months. They worked with us on a counterintelligence operation in Michigan against this company, working us against this company. We were operational assets. We gave them the data to support them. Uh, in spite of what the haters say out there, we don't take money for any of this kind of stuff. We came across a, a national intelligence violation. We turned it over to the to the, the appropriate authorities. They then worked the case for 15 months. Just when the case was about to make, all we learned was that there were two female agents of some senior status in D.C. who told the people we had been working with, hey, um, we have evidence that they stole this information from the Chinese Internet, that Greg, in particular me, had stolen three servers from the Chinese Internet. And if that's true, you're going to jail for the rest of your life and we're turning this whole thing on you. Um, so I laughed. I thought it was a joke and said, but that's really not what the Internet is, guys. You can't steal the Internet from China. And um, and they didn't, they weren't too funny to them. They proceeded down the path. We don't know if they were ever actually really opened anything up against us, but we turned all of this over to citizen researchers. Within a month, there were um, there were investigations uh, going on pretty much all over the country. Um, in Los Angeles County, of all places, the DA or the assistant DA out there um, kind of dug into this thing, and they and they uh, uh, I went out and testified at the grand jury in LA. And they arrested the CEO of this company, a guy named, uh, uh, his, his Chinese name is Jim Yu, but he goes by Eugene Yu here in the States. Mm -hmm. um, and they arrested him, confiscated 300 terabytes of servers and information from his, uh, from his building in Michigan and shipped it all off to L.A. Um, that same day, we were notified that he, that, that same CEO, had... Uh, filed a defamation case against us in federal court in, mm -hmm. in uh, Houston, alleging that we had broke into their servers. Mm -hmm. um, none of it was true. Um, we then, that, that defamation case had us in court a few weeks later. Remember, this is a civil case. This is not a criminal case. Right. Um, and we're in there. The, the judge absolutely interrogated me, interrogated Catherine, uh, these, these Wormwood brother lawyers that I, as I dubbed them partway through the thing, we're sitting behind us laughing. And it was just, it was really a joke. Well, the next Monday, the judge said, if you don't give us the name of the people that uncovered this information, Mr. Phillips and Mrs. Engelbrecht, we're going to put you in prison. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and he, and he said, so you're going to give me that name. And we said, no, sir, we're not. And, uh, sure enough, they put us in a medium security prison. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, Rent a, pr rent a prison uh, that ICE uses to put uh, uh, really bad, uh, really bad guys, MS-13 guys and others that are coming across the border and they get in trouble. Uh, in fact, that that guy, I understand this just a friend of mine just said this to me, that shooting, that mass murder by that uh, immigrant in right. Texas, in Cleveland, Texas, the other day right. was committed by a guy who had been in that same prison that we were in. He had been in there four times. 
Wow. So that's kind of tell you the kind of place, kind of place that we were in. Um, uh, a week or so later, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals ordered us immediately released. Uh, a few weeks after that, the judge, uh, or a few months after that, the judge finally recused himself. Um, we dumped all of this information into the public in a, a website that Catherine and I run called Open Inc. Open uh, Think of it as sort of a a um, souped up WikiLeaks, uh, except with legal information. Hmm. And um, the the next day, within twenty four hours, they dropped the case, and um, and so we were free and clear on that. But. I'll tell you what, I mean, I, I tell people this all the time that you, you realize you're in trouble when, when, uh, you know, U.S. Marshal, uh, has to strip search you and then chain you by the, by the, uh, by the, uh, wrists and ankles and then your waist and, wow. and you shuffle all around the prison, you know, trying to, trying to figure out what just happened to you. And it's, a it's, it's a, it's an eye opening situation. And it's all, but as I told my granddaughter, I talked to my five year old granddaughter while I was in jail. And she said, uh, she calls me Papa. And she said, Papa, where are you? And I and I said, Oh, I'm in this little town in Texas. It's a cool little town called Conroe. And she 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 said, No, Papa, where are you? <laughs> I'm like, oh, she knows. She's on to me. Yeah. And she said, Well, why are you in jail? And I said, I said, well, I'm in jail because I would tattle on on somebody who who had some information that the that that people wanted. Oh. She said, so you went to jail because you wouldn't tattle? And I said, yeah, that's right, sweetheart. And, uh, and so I hope I made an impact at least on her. <laughs> no, uh, sir, with, you made uh, an impact on your great-great-grandkids is what you did. Yeah. Wow. It was it was quite an experience, though, guys. So the cool thing about it all is that, that um, you know, this guy's just got nowhere to go with all of this. Since then, we've had uh, – um, affidavits submitted from people that experienced the same thing in Australia work where this company works uh-huh. uh, affidavit from a former employee who, who testified in our case that, that everything we said was true and that he had been asked to lie by this guy in this company. Wow. The, the killer of this whole thing is there's 300 terabytes of information that prove everything we're saying out in Los Angeles. 1.8 million workers worth of, of uh, private information is living in China. That, those are election workers from some of the biggest counties in in, uh, in America. Um, and, so you're um, saying that China just, that, he, that China has basically election record information being stored in China through this company. Conan. Everything. Everything. What do you mean? Everything. Everything. They have they have the voting records. They have your name. They have a my name. They have everyone's name. They have all of the information about you. They have ninety fields worth of information about the workers. Um, they have uh, lists of the voting machines. They have the serial numbers on the voting machines. The passwords on the voting machines. They have the schematics for the buildings that that these things work in. They run the actual um, um, assignments for the for the elections. So let's say that. That um, I was a bad guy and I wanted to go miscount something. What would you do? You'd try to get in when they were counting, right? Well, these people run the counting systems for some of the biggest jurisdictions of the country: Los Angeles, Detroit, Boston, and it goes on and on and on so, and on and on. So and wait it's a just, second, it's a train wreck. How did you? How did you find out about this information? How did you find out that Konak was storing this information in China? The idiots left their servers open with no password on them, 
Um, and no um, way. we have people that are regular. No yeah, way. <laughs> they, we have, they, they regular, we have people that regularly test and find out where things are going with some people call it pin testing. Um, there's a service called, um, uh, binary edge and you can go to binary edge, type in a, a URL, for example, like if you typed in facebook.com, it would say it would be really buttoned up and cleaned up. It would come back and say that this is in Seattle, Washington or San Francisco or wherever their servers are. I mean, it's really buttoned up, but with these guys, um, we came across this URL, so we typed, we found some of their URLs. They used to use a, a common nomenclature when they would go into a county. Vote for the number four, LA.com. Vote for Boston.com. Vote for Detroit.com. And so on and so forth. So we just we just went into Binary Edge. One of my guy, one of our, our contractors went into Binary Edge, typed it in, and sure enough, it pops up with that this IP address is in Wuhan, China. We're like, what? And so they called me. And actually, they were former contractors. But nevertheless, they called me. I was I was back in Alabama visiting my kids and grandkids. And they said, you have to come here now. So I met him in Dallas that night. Um, uh, we had a bite to eat and then went upstairs to, to a, a suite of a hotel room. They put this up on the big screen in the hotel. Um, everything that they had found. Because once you got into that IP address... One of the port, it listed all the ports and what was on the ports. And this is all in binary edge. Um, and what was on one of the ports was something called MongoDB, which is a database that is, it's a great database. I mean, it's an open source deal. And a lot of people use it. We use it in some of our business. Um, but the knuckleheads killed the master password and then left it open. And, uh-huh. and so the master password, when it's shipped, is called, it's just password. And so everybody knows that except maybe the Chinese. And uh-huh. and so you go in, they typed in password, and all of a sudden they were in. And they weren't just in, but they were into one of the most astounding things that I've ever seen. By now it's about four o'clock in the morning. And I'm I'm like a data geek, guys. And I mean, and they were showing me things. And I was like, whoa, wait, what? Wait, what was that? What was, what did you just show me? And they were showing all this different thing. They were showing connections to the counting software that most that most places use is a is a company called Cytel. Um, I think it's S Y T L E or something like that. Um, and S S C Y T L E. And it turns out that the project manager slash CTO, depending on which project they were working on in China. I'm sorry, in in L.A., for example, and this came out in the court case, was actually a now former employee of Seidel in Barcelona, Spain. Seidel's based in Barcelona. So not only did they have all of the all of the names, all of the equipment, all of the 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 uh, voter registration information in China, but they had a direct connect, a handshake, um, uh, sort of a a passwordless API that, that would allow the two systems to connect between Conic and Seidel between China and Barcelona with just a handshake. Nobody even touched it. Uh-huh. And so our, our point of view was, wait, wait. And we didn't even have a chance to get to work on the Seidel thing before the whole thing blew up. So we, we don't know where all that went or whether the FBI ever looked into that or not, but, but uh, that's, that's the way it happened. And, and uh, I left uh, about, four or five in the morning, never even, never even went into my room um, in Dallas and drove down to Houston and met with Catherine. So we got a problem. 
And she said, what are we going to do? And I said, look, this is this is a violation of at least three uh, provisions of the National Security Act, including um, the uh, critical infrastructure uh, executive order that Obama created, ironically, back in 2014, uh, making elections critical, critical infrastructure Um, and and recognizing that all these things were violating our, you know, the the sovereignty of the country and and the National Security Act in particular, um, we did what any good American should do. We took it to law enforcement. The highest law enforcement in the land is the FBI or the federal side. And uh, we took it to the FBI. And they, um, like I said, they acted like they worked on it with us for um, 15 months. And then next thing we know, they weren't. They were coming after us. So we did what uh, we still had a few friends there. And one of them said, you're going to have to take this nuclear. Catherine said, well, what does that mean? Yeah. Nuclear. And he's and he said, he said, you got to go to the public. You got to go public with this. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. Real quick. So we did. Oh, Oh, I got I got to I got to interrupt you because I got to add to read and then we're going to get right back into into this. This is I need um, more alcohol. (laughs) You need more bourbon. (laughs) It's Bourbon Monday. Today's culture shifts like sand, but New St. Andrews College is established on Christ, the immovable rock. The college is a premier institution that forges evangelical leaders who don't fear or hate the world. Guided by God's word, equipped with the genius of classical liberal arts and God-honoring wisdom with a faculty dedicated to academic rigor and to God's kingdom. New St. Andrews College offers an education that frees people. Logic and languages hard work, and joyful courage, old books, and godly professors. New St. Andrews College provides time-tested resources that can equip your student for any vocation. To find out more, visit NSA, New St. Andrews, NSA.edu. Mm. Uh, Greg, I, I don't even know. I had a, 12 questions listed out here, and none of them seem to matter at all anymore. <laughs> I, I, Sorry about that. No, I, I just want you to continue. So you go to the FBI. They act like they're working it with this on you. And then they take you. To, so here's what there's so many questions I have. But one of them is you just saw this settlement with Fox over election. Um, Dominion. Mis, Dominion, misrepresentation, all that stuff like that. So they have all this information with this company that happens to be stored in China. That's problematic. But do you. Seems like a stupid question, but I have to ask. Do you think there was any manipulation really going on with just or is this just information that's stored there? Because those are two different things, right? You got one thing where it's like, okay, yeah, we have information stored here. In the wrong place and illegally stored. Illegally stored in a place. But that doesn't mean, though, necessarily that there has been interference with the reality of our elections. Those are two separate issues, right? Well, unfortunately for the people that did this, when they made the elections critical infrastructure, they not just prohibited this, but they made it a, a, a very serious crime. And because he happened to be a naturalized U.S. citizen, our view of it is that the guy committed treason. Treason, yeah. And so, and so it's cr- critically important that we understand that. Now, as it relates to the to, to some of the, um, um, you know, did they manipulate and this kind of stuff, um, that would be one thing that one would think that the law enforcement that the that the FBI would have wanted to tend to, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they would have wanted to understand what happened between that connection between the company that had all the information and the company counting the ballots in Barcelona. Is there a connection? What is it? 
And how did that even happen? And was there anything happened? In the meantime, remember, we had 2,000 mules going on where we were able to demonstrate effectively through this movie that there were tens of thousands of votes being manipulated by by two key factors. One of them was there was um, basically mail-in voting for everyone, whether you were an active voter or an inactive voter all over the United States. Yeah. And you could just mail in your ballot and get, get your ballot, mail in your ballot, whether you live there or not. Um, and in places like Georgia, uh, just the 364,000 people that we challenged 70,000 of those voted in the general election. These people were not eligible to vote. 70,000 people voted in the general election that were not eligible to vote. It's not okay. So it's really, I think the way I would look at this, and and I've talked to, you know, uh, I guess thousands of people on this topic, whether they be law enforcement or, or lawyers or laymen, that, that, there was a there was enough here for an indictment to be brought and for somebody to really take a hard look at this thing. There's no possible way that 70,000 people in the state of Georgia that were ineligible to vote should have been allowed to cast ballots. Mm-hmm. And that cast dispersion on the entire thing. And And you can take that really across the country and start thinking about you know, these these ballot drop boxes that were being, you know, stuffed by all these by what we call mules, uh, by all these mules. And it was everywhere. I mean, we looked in six, six major cities and, you know, estimate, you know, tens of thousands of ballots were illegally cast. So it really wasn't just one thing. It was many, many more. We don't know about the Dominion stuff, and just because we never looked at it, I mean, it was it wasn't our lane. But you know, I understand that there's there's solid, incredible information. But you know what? Here's the truth: Fox refused to cover the mules. Never right. talked about the mules. That's right. That's right. Carrie Lake brought it up one time, and they got all mad at her and fussed at her and cut her off and all this kind of stuff. But they never talked about the mules. So if from day one they knew to not talk about the mules. From the day we released that movie going forward, what could possibly have happened that would make them do that? They had no idea what evidence we had. We we had 10 terabytes of geospatial analysis. Um, My team is the best on the planet at geospatial analysis. We weren't wrong. They were wrong. They were wrong for not covering it. They they were wrong for not spending any time with us. They were wrong for, you know, siding with, whoever it was that, you know, that, that controls them. And, um, you know, yeah, this is, is what it is. Right. But, you know, you know, Greg, when I, I've, when the whole election happened, I watched all the arguments come up about a stolen election. And I'm not really, because I have a conspiracy bone. I have all of my bones or conspiracy bones in my body. <laughs> I reject really easily conspiracy theories, right? Because I know that I can jump into them very easily without hardly being convinced. So I came up with reasonable arguments almost against each argument that I saw against uh, for the fact that, hey, we've we've got some election problems. I, I came up with everybody's response to, oh, what about this? And what about them covering up? And I was like, OK, I can argue the opposite side. When I saw 2000 mules, there wasn't any argument that I saw to come against that or people just didn't pay any attention to it. Um, but when I saw it, I was like, whoa, wait a second. Not only was I concerned because, hey, this looks cre- This looks like a really valid argument here. I want somebody to come and speak to it. But then I started saying, I don't like the geocaching thing. 
that scares me. <laughs> like, as soon as you yeah. guys started bringing that up, I was like, whoa, we have a bigger problem than election stuff. We're being tracked in a massive way. Yeah, you know, it's really true. And, and because this is what we do for a living, we probably understand this in a way that many people don't. But I can tell you, it is frightening. It frightens me for my grandkids who are doing, you know, homeschooling. It, it frightens me for judges and our law enforcement that are trying to take care of us because the bad guys are tracking them. The bad guys are tracking everyone. By the way, to that point, this, this is going to sound like a horrible saying thing, so I'm not even going to mention the name, but we have built a device, and we haven't launched it yet, not until June, but we built a device that defeats this Oh, so that we can give it to judges, or we can give it to law enforcement, or we uh, can give it to other folks. Just regular that Americans. Absolutely Hello. De- defeats <laughs> it, just regular folks. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Uh, I'm, go ahead, Gabe. I don't want to give it, because we only have a little no, time No, no, no. Keep, keep um, down this track. What is... What is you know, I, I wish that this was getting out there a lot more, and I think everybody who hears this, I don't want... I think that this is not a time to be fearful. I think this is a time to understand the the battle that we're facing. Sons of Issachar. Uh, yeah, and yeah. understand the, the other side and what's going on and to use wisdom in this process and to be bold. I don't know. I'm praying. As you were talking, I'm like, Lord, keep this man safe. <laughs> Protect Greg Phillips at all costs. Uh, and so, but what should we be thinking and how should we be thinking about this? And what do you think we should be doing in light of everything you just said? Yeah, I, the first thing you got to do is you got to protect yourselves and your family, especially your kids. You know, kids are using phones these days at a, at a rate that, you know, we can't even imagine. And we're giving them the data. I mean, there's not a there's not a worse tracking mechanism on the planet than TikTok. And we just allow it. Right. I mean, I know there's a lot of debate. Are we going to ban it? Are we not going to ban it? Those kind of things are, are following us. But the bigger problem is that inside of your phone. Um, it's the free apps that kill you, right? I mean, it's the, it's the, um, um, like your flashlight app is a good example. Your flashlight app gives off signals that are captured by Apple and then sold to the brokers. What? Um, the, your weather app. Yeah, your weather app, you name it, and they're tracking you. So stopping that tracking is number one as it relates to our our personal privacy. But beyond that, if we don't get these rolls clean on the voter side, and and just remember what I said, 364,000 voters in Georgia we have identified as not living there. I'm not talking about dead people. I'm not talking about, you know, military or students or whatever. I'm saying that 364,000 people on their rolls were registered to vote and many of them voted during the 2020 election. If we allow that to continue across the United States, and it's everywhere, it's pervasive throughout, even the even states that we would consider to be good states are dirty. This is dirty. This is a dirt problem, guys. We got to clean this thing up. If we fix that, then we can start working on things like, you know, not doing any more, you know, all mail-in voting and all the other nonsense that goes on out there. Mm-hmm. But until we get these voter rolls clean, we've got a problem. Now we're going to be tracking these folks. I promise you. We have, we were good in we were good in 2020, and we were great when we did the the uh, the election stuff for the Mules movie. But when it comes down to 2024, let me. Just, I, I hope the cheaters are watching. If you're watching, listen to me closely. We will get you. We will catch you. There's no way out of this. And we're gonna. We we figured it all out. We figured your games out. We figured it all out. And and we got you. We're gonna get you. And 
you know, and, and it's, it's, uh, but they're going to find other ways to do it too, right? I mean, it's not always one way to cheat. They're going to find many ways to cheat. It's like Mike Flynn and I were talking about this. It's like there's a, there's a set of, you know, they've got the, the um, fifth generation warfare, but he and Boone Cutler are the fifth generation warfare book out. We're, we're going to be doing some war games with them and doing some fun stuff with them. But, but if you contemplate really what's happening here, you've got hundreds of these mini insurgencies around the country, right? Mm. It might be five people in a, in a jurisdiction. It might be 50 people, but they're basically insurgencies. And the only way to fight back against them is a counterinsurgency. But what Boone and I have been really talking about and what, what, what we really need to do, these are all defensive strategies, right? We're going to catch you if you cheat. Right. You know, we're going to try to stop you and keep you from cheating. Those are defensive. But we're developing with some of the best um, military minds in the country a method for creating offense. We're done playing just defense. We're going to play offense. We're, we're not only going to catch you, but we're going to flip the script on you. We're going to turn some tables over and we're going to make this happen. Would you vote for DeSantis or Trump? Who would you prefer? Wow. That was just a drop just, out yeah, of nowhere. Yeah. Just like, Hey, I just, uh, I'm curious now. I, just, I got curious. Well, I mean, I, I have limited experience with DeSantis. I have a lot more experience with president Trump. Um, president Trump was, was in large part responsible for getting us out of jail. Like he did, wow. but he was 100% responsible for keeping us safe while we were in jail. When he found out that we went to jail, he called the, the attorney general in Texas, the governor in Texas, the lieutenant governor in Texas. We were in a federal prison, so they couldn't do anything. So then he called the warden of the prison and, and, and really demanded action. We got a, a U.S. marshal came by to do a wellness check on us. Um, and uh, President Trump is largely responsible for that. President Trump also embraced the Mules movie in a way that, that I can't even begin to explain to you. He not only saw the early director's cut, but he asked for and demanded some, some significant changes from Dinesh and the production team uh, to before it actually went forward. So I had a and have had an extraordinary um, relationship uh, with President Trump. Um, I've, I've got cancer, and, and a lot of folks know that, and somehow he found out about it. And he left me a message here on my cell phone a few weeks ago, a few weekends ago, that was just, you know, you can't even make this up. I mean, the guy as busy as he is going through everything he's going through, and he took the time to call me. And, you know, just express his, his, his gratefulness and thankfulness and, mm. and uh, his hope and prayers that we would, you know, that I'd get better. And that's the kind of guy that President Trump is. And that's the kind of person that I'm going to support. Now, DeSantis, I don't have anything against the guy. I'm a little worried about some of there's some squishy public policy things I'm a little worried about. Um, uh, some things he supported while he was in Congress that I worry a lot about. Um, but you know what? Anything's better than Joe Biden. Anything's better than the left right now. Would I take Would I take DeSantis? You know, if I have to, sure. It's come would, to that. Would I rather have President Trump? A hundred percent. By the way, we presented um, the Mules movie information, the underlying data, to DeSantis at a meeting in Boca Raton in the summer of 2021, uh-huh. and uh, didn't get a lot of action out of him. So, just to kind of give you a what, what would you say? Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Greg. Uh, what would you say to last question? I know you got to go here. Um, but what would you say to, you know, I mean, speak, speaking to me here, um, 
so I didn't vote for Trump in 2016. I voted for Trump in 2020 because um, I could um, see what he did kind of thing. And then 2020 hit, and I, like, I'm like i seriously considering not voting for him in 2024 or in the, the primaries because of how he handled 2020 so badly. I mean, Fauci was his problem, and he never dealt with it. You know, there was some uh, major um, uh, political decisions that he didn't make, and then he started blaming others and started blaming President, uh, Vice President Pence, and it, it just it just became a disaster. His presidency very quickly became a disaster to me um, in in twenty twenty. Uh, I mean, I guess the only reason why I did vote for him in twenty twenty was because I could trust him for what he did the last four years, and I didn't want Biden. But 2020, I mean, I almost went back to my 2016 route of not voting for him because of how he handled 2020 and everything. I, what would you say to a guy like me? You know, my experience with all of this is that these these probably you think of the weight of that job, right? But you're just one person. I've been around governors. I've been around presidents. I've done this for a long time, and I've seen it all in the United States and otherwise. My My broad experience is that what you saw with Trump during the first administration was the the policies of a guy that that truly believed in what he was doing he believed that that Putin was 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 a thug uh, but Putin was afraid of him um, he he recognized that Xi Jinping was uh, was maybe the most dangerous person in the world um, and handled it you know as such. Um, and I think that's the kind of thing, but what happens in these situations is you get, um, you're, you're surrounded by people that may not have your back. They may not have the right policy leanings that you think that, you know, that you would like for them to, but you really have no choice. You've got to, you've got to staff those jobs up and you've got to do it quick. And there's all kinds of mistakes that are made along the way. I would say that it was, it was the staff far more than it was president Trump that caused those problems. I would say that some of the legal folks around him caused many of those problems. Um, I think that it was, uh, um, mishandled but but not necessarily mishandled by the president but mishandled by his legal team mishandled by a bunch of inexperienced dumble leaners in you know all around him in government if i could just say one quick thing about that if we have time there's in 1982 there was a it was called the new jersey consent decree wildly um or widely um and the new jersey consent decree basically was a federal lawsuit where the Republicans in New Jersey had done some things they probably shouldn't have done from an election integrity perspective. They agreed. So the RNC stepped in and agreed, okay, we won't just to settle the suit. We won't do that anymore. We won't do anything anymore. So from 1982, my first year in politics to 19, I'm sorry, 2018 is when that suit, when that, consent decree finally went away so working in election integrity from 82 to, to 2018 like 36 years think about this 36 years no one at the rnc worked on election integrity they didn't even have an election integrity plan wow. they did nothing for election integrity there were no lawyers there were no staff there was nobody working with us from the rnc saying hey we need to fix this we've got a problem here they took a walk on it, an absolute walk on it. So between 
2018, when they were able to start working on it again on the Republican side, and 2020, when all of this happened, you had two years worth of experience for lawyers, but they were being attacked by the left, you know, with the Mark Eliases of the world had been doing this for their entire lives. And the left had the left had the game, right? They had they had hundreds and hundreds of lawyers. They filed close to 300 lawsuits in 2020 before the election to open the door to all of this mail-in voting and and to prevent the rolls from being cleaned and allowing these dirty rolls to be there. But that was all done because the RNC and because Republicans broadly refused to invest in it. They refused. They, they, they were basically cowards who walked away from one of the most important issues in the history, uh, modern history for 36 years. Wow. They walked away from it. And, and by the time it was over, you had a crappy staff, you had ill-equipped lawyers to do all of this, and you had a you had a a guy who you know was watching you know for for the best years you know that you know from a, um, a many perspectives you know not just economic but I mean I could name a lot of things and yeah there were some screw ups a lot of screw ups in the end but all that was planned too right the pandemic was the pandemic it was planned and so and so not having a team around you that you could rely on. And so he looks around and, Hey, there's that Fauci. Guy. I don't know who he is. You know, Trump's not a politician. A politician might've been able to say, okay, what's wrong with that guy? I don't, I don't like him, but Trump wasn't a politician. Yeah. He was, all he could do was really trust the people around him. And unfortunately, not only did, was he not trustworthy, but you know, maybe, maybe committed mass murder. So man, I don't know. Those are all tough questions, but there's no, no possible way that, this, unless something else happens here, that DeSantis is going to win this thing, um, you know. And I think if they're going to indict him for J six, that's the only, the only one of these stupid suits that are out there. The stuff in New right. York is it going to make a difference? Right. The stuff in Georgia is it going to make a difference? Right. But if they indict him for some sort of an insurrection or something to overthrow the government in DC in in um, sometime this summer, and they convict him, you know, we got a problem. So um, I'm, you know, our great hope and our prayers every day for me and Catherine, we, we pray that those lawyers wise up and that they get ready to do what they're about to have to do in Washington, D.C. to protect this country, protect President Trump and protect freedoms that we all that we all know and love. Otherwise, you know, I'm, I tell you, I hate to use this this word because, you know, it's like, you know, those same FBI guys that told me I need to push the nuclear button will come knocking on the door. But if they take trump out of this guys there's going to be there's going to be some sort of war or something i mean that's incit that's incitement to war and i don't i don't know what's going to happen for sure but there's definitely going to be one of uh, those fifth generation warfare wars well, I, but you know, I, I have great fear great fear if they indict that man well, you know, I, I, I probably would have agreed with you maybe five years ago or four years ago, but I watch everybody fold underneath COVID, too. So I'm not concerned too much that people are going to have true. that kind of boldness. So <laughs> <laughs> just tell, I'm telling you, I watch you, guys, you guys can come, come help me clear some land. Y'all can all move down here. We'll all live in Idaho. Oh, you, or you can move to Idaho. I'm we're fine building, with that, too. We're building, we're building, we're building out here. Churches, churches, we're building schools. Greg, give us, give, us yeah. a, give us a website for people can check out. Oh, was it Open Ink that you mentioned? Yeah, open.ink, open.ink, uh, great site, amazing things going on, patriotgames.com, you can look and see what we're doing on there, we've got a great show, and 
and they're going to be doing our war games on Patriot Games and uh, Catherine's site, truthevote.org. Uh, go there and look at all the great things that, that Catherine and her team are doing. And uh, guys, this has been a great fun. I am so grateful Man. that you invited me and, and uh, sometime y'all bring me back. Oh yeah, we got to bring you back so we can talk about AI because we didn't even get to that part yet. So Greg, you stay safe. Hold and on right barbecue. there. Bar- yeah, <laughs> we didn't yes. get the barbecue. All right. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have you some kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until tomorrow, love God with all your heart soul mind and strength love your neighbor as yourself go fight laugh and feast this is cross politic a lot of parents are waking up to the problems of the current american educational system and when the Department of Education can't determine what a boy is or what a girl is, why in the world would any sane parent trust them with a math curriculum? We are regular Christian parents who found ourselves with children to educate, and we found that the options available usually fell into two categories, either the education was was good, but was lacking in the Christian department, or the Christian part was solid and the education was lacking. So we got a group of parents together and said, why not? Let's start classical Christian school. When I was first approached with doing the school, being a teacher as well as having my son be a student. I I wasn't looking for anything different and this came along and it has been just such an answer to prayer of of little things that we didn't realize that the school would then give to our son that we didn't know we were needing. And uh, there were just a lot of uh, benefits to coming to school, the programs that people could offer, um, some of the areas where I'm not the strongest in, some teachers were able to do it. And then they asked if I would be interested in helping to teach and I jumped on board. I began very skeptical, if I'm being honest. There have been a few days where, especially in the beginning, I wondered if I made the right choice. But it is the relationship and the fellowship that is fostered here that has taken away any of my hesitation or my fears. If you're trying to decide, is school right for my child? Is staying home? And, you know, I I like that this kind of gives you a feel of both of those things. Like, I still feel in charge and in control of my son's education. Um, But I also know that maybe science is not the best thing that I can teach him. His science teacher comes in and can just help take that load from me and be able to help him. And it's it's been great. Uh, We want to be the tool to help you achieve what we believe is the most important job in the world, training up your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. They may be future pastors. They may be future politicians. They may just be a dad. They may be a mom. We don't know what the Lord's called them to. And the fact that I get the honor of being able to be a part of that journey and their education. It feels perfect for right now because I'm watching my son love to learn. And I get that it feels like a risk to step out of what society says is normal because the normal thing is you put your kindergartner in school five days a week, eight to three, every day for the rest of their lives. And that's what you're supposed to do. But then you end up with an 18 year old that you barely know who hates every bit of school, who barely knows what they want to do with their future. And 
to be able to be a part of this. It's like I'm watching a dream that I didn't even really know was a dream kind of unfold. Our students love being here. Our teachers are excited. They are committed and they are here for the long haul. They're here because they believe in the mission. You have to decide what's most important to you. And what was most important to me is surrounding myself and my son with like-minded people who were ready to go to battle because that's what we're doing. The Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and marrow. Through the Spirit, God's Word changes lives. It cuts us to the heart and reshapes us. As you strive to read and study Scripture, having a good set of tools can help. From setting reminders for a great reading plan, to word studies and commentaries that shed light on difficult passages, to listening on the go, the Olive Tree Bible app can help you dig into the Word wherever you are. Olive Tree Bible app. Read, study, listen, anywhere.